0: red eye all one word for 15 percent off your stay at motel6.com that's a great deal and that's just something i've noticed brought to you by motel 6
1: now it's red eye radio gary mcnamara and eric harley talk about everything from politics to social issues and news of the day Whether you're up late or you're just starting your day, welcome to the show from the Uniden America Studios. This is Red Eye Radio. Hello
0: and welcome. He is Gary McNamara. I'm Eric Harley. Plus the week before Christmas and keep the noise down or I'll call the cops.
2: Gary, how are you? There could be something there. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, you a well, wait a minute. One week, huh? one week from right now, we just we yeah, at uh, yeah. Christmas. So yeah. I've,
0: my wife and I have reached the threshold as as parents, grandparents. There was a I don't know sizable shift over the weekend. The decision was made. What we're doing Christmas at our house on Ooh. Christmas Eve.
2: Oh, wow. And. Now, that's a big decision.
0: I'm sleeping in on Christmas morning for the first time in decades. Uh, pretty much since I was very, very, very young. I was practically a kid, you know, when we had babies. So, yeah. I mean, because we're doing takeout, right? hmm That's tricky. Because they're not going to be open on... There might be a few places open on Christmas Day, but the place we're getting it from is not open. Um, And so they are open on Christmas Eve. Well, if you get it on Christmas Eve and then, you know, you have to refrigerate it and then, you know, it's it's leftovers. Yeah, I know. So you pick it up Mm -hmm. at noon on Christmas Eve and my, you know, all of my kids... You know, they have their own families. They got their own thing. They got their own traditions. They already for years, they wake up on Christmas morning with their kids. Then they come over later in the afternoon on Christmas Day. And we're like, I was like, wait a minute. Hold on. What does everybody feel about Christmas Eve? Just come over midday somewhere. Uh, We'll have some food. We'll do our, we don't really do the, um, the big gift exchange. I mean, it was legendary in my house my kids were small. It would fill a room. You know, I mean, it was just crazy because we wrapped every little individual thing, you know, because the kids, you know, as kids they are, they're excited about opening anything. So I would often wrap toys that I gave them years ago that were just in their room. I, you know, so (laughs) I would just, I would just want to fill the room. No, we didn't, we don't go hog wild. In fact, we do a secret Santa right now in our family. That's basically my adult kids do a sacred Santa. So they all draw a name and that's it, right? And that's the basically the exchange. My wife and I get them each, you know, a gift, but we don't go we don't go too big on gifts anymore. Yeah, so Neither do we there's yeah. there's no real reason for them to because my thought is this, you know. Stay at home, stay in your pajamas. You guys have your, your, your own traditions within your households and which, which you should, we did, you know, we, we always have. And there is, you know, stay in your pajamas all day, you know, and hang out in your house or do whatever you want with your kids and, and do that. Come over on Christmas Eve. Let's spend a few hours together. Uh, we definitely want to hang out with them. Um, and, uh, Let's have some food. We'll do a a gift exchange and, you know, have some fun. And then you guys, you know, go uh, finish up what you need to and and enjoy your Christmas with your kids.
2: I I don't know what the mashed potato duties will be for Christmas yet. Oh, yeah, okay. I'm still trying to find that out with my my dad. I mean, the the video that I put out for Thanksgiving that that everybody loved.
0: Well, you know, the (laughs) thing is is we got a few years ago we – we got to the point of, um, you know, cause I would cook on Thanksgiving and cook on, on Christmas day, you know, and then it, it was like, okay, there's a lot of crossover in those two meals, right. With, uh, with, 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 with what you're going to serve. And it was like, all right, uh, there are some things we can switch up and, and all of that. But Hey, everybody collectively as a family has a favorite restaurant. And what if we had that? And everybody screamed yes. I mean, it was like,
2: <laughs> oh, man,
0: I've been working too hard for too long. You know, and and so so a couple of years ago, we started getting this steak out, and it was like, okay, yeah, but I'm not good with leftovers. And I know you guys aren't either. So I was trying to find, you know, the the, the mid-ground, and it was like then everybody was wondering, okay, what's the schedule for Christmas Day? And, you know, my one daughter has, has – um, in-laws, actually, both of my daughters have have in-laws that they have to accommodate, you know, and mm-hmm. everything else. And it's like, all right, let's make it easy. You know, stop by on Christmas Eve. We'll have hot food, freshly delivered and set up, you know, a catered meal, your favorite restaurant. Come
2: on, but that's not you what know? you're big on. You're big on being able to sleep in Christmas morning. Oh, no, I,
0: I made very clear. I said, listen. <laughs> I started the conversation in order to accommodate my wish. my goal. This is going to be my forever gift of mm-hmm. sleeping in on Christmas. You know, the the thing is, is that I always, oh man, this is going to be great. I can sleep in. Then all of a sudden around ah, 730 AM that's sleeping in. If the sun is up mm-hmm. or starting to come up, uh, then, then yeah. Uh, so yeah, it was, you know, it was like, wow okay this works for everybody
2: well you know for me it's still around my it, everything's still around my dad yeah and, and me sure. coming in town too i mean the family yeah. does and it'll be the it's funny because things just don't change but those are the things that you remember those right. are the yep. those are the little uh you know the 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 culture of your family at holidays right that will that will stay you know as long as my father's here and and um but uh it's the same. I'll, I'm I'm playing in the 23rd at night. Yeah, yeah. which means again I'll miss a uh, another Bills game. Oh, were they <laughs> playing that night? <laughs> yeah, it's like oh wow. Boys, so a few of my buddies said, "Well, you can watch the 23rd." I went, well, you know, because I haven't been able to watch anything because right. of the, because of when they when they play and. Like, wait a minute. The twenty third sounds like I have something. It's like, <laughs> what's it's happening like on the twenty third? They kick off at seven o'clock at night. Yeah. My flight takes off seven o'clock at night. Uh. Now, now they have had football games on the. You know, they do have live TV, right? On and, American Airlines. So if it's on, if it's a network game, right, or
0: is any, there
2: somewhere streaming, maybe? Yeah, they've been they've been streaming football games because I fly a lot on. You know, I've, I've, I've I hmm, let's see. what did I? When did I? There was something. Maybe it was when I flew during the during uh, October or something. Right. I forgot when I was on vacation, but there was a game on right. uh, on the plane. Now I don't remember what network. So so maybe. But uh, it, it, it's it's going to be you know getting in Christmas Christmas Eve, having breakfast with the family, and then doing whatever we need to do. Now Christmas Eve is on a Sunday. I don't know if that'll how that'll affect closings or whatever. I'm assuming most places. Will stay open, so it's a. It looks like it's an
0: ESPN game, if my source has it right.
2: the Twenty third. Oh. oh, is it? Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I did. I know. Well, idea. but did, but
0: they yeah, carry they carry
2: they carry ESPN on their live TV. They do. American does. Yeah. Oh. Okay. Cool. Yeah. I, I've never watched the live TV.
0: I've always watched. Well, I always have the internet, so I'm always either reading or or watching something else. I guess.
2: Yeah, and the majority. I mean, normally, I when 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 i normally watch tv is when i'm flying back i always get into conversations when i'm flying to buffalo yeah cuz a lot of times it's a night flight and people are just more talkative when you're getting on a plane at 5:30 in the morning it's like and then and then i'll go to watch i'll go to watch the morning tv and it's all infomercial national infomercials on a sunday morning when yeah i'm coming back but no so it's it's going to be uh it's going to be good i tell you, i don't know what it is about and I even noticed it tonight. I and I don't even psychologically know where it comes from. But even tonight I walked I walked outside uh you know before I drove off and it's just completely quiet. And I don't know what it is about quiet in Christmas. Maybe it's yeah. because maybe it's because growing up with the snowfall and everything is quiet outside, maybe that's it. But there's just something psychologically in me, that really enjoys when you go outside. Now, you may be able to hear the distant, you know, the tires on the road from five miles away.
0: Right. But other than yeah.
2: that, it's like, you know, just the quiet around. And I noticed it last night. I went, oh, okay, it's the quiet. Even getting out of the car here and walking through the parking lot, and, and which is a very, very short distance to the door, but still it was like everything was really quiet. And I don't know what it is. I, I've always – maybe it came – it probably came from a little kid on Christmas Eve and Christmas when I would sit there and think, as a kid, oh, the entire world's quiet because the entire world is thinking of, you know, Christmas Day or Christmas Eve or Christmas night or whatever. But, right.
0: Uh, then that I may have read that wrong from that site. It said live coverage. That doesn't mean – because sometimes they can tweet or update, like on ESPN.com or
2: something. Well, it's a national it's game not, because it's a – I was going to say, I think The it's, Saturday night games are always – yeah. Uh, a you know around Christmas are always an national. Okay, game.
0: so it says uh, it's on NBC and Peacock. So Peacock would be the streaming.
2: Yeah, but they of they it. they stream CBS, NBC, ABC okay. on the right, plane. There you go. Yeah, yeah. So, so and and Fox. You're
0: Good to go. Yeah, so, so yeah, yeah. But it's not on ESPN. I just wanted to make sure oh, okay. that uh, people knew that. Would, Any, anybody interested in watching the Bills
2: and the Chargers? By the way, trounced the Cowboys. What happened? I, I just saw the score. I don't. I just I read the score. I didn't. I can't figure out the NFL anymore. I mean, all of a sudden, you know, it was funny because I saw the headline said Bills beat uh, Bills beat um, uh, uh, Cowboys as Josh Allen has poor outing, and it was like, well, no, we just didn't throw the ball because they were running it. <laughs> yeah, mean, right. Didn't have a poor outing. I think he was seven for twelve and three drop passes. Mm. So it's like, well. He just didn't throw. I mean, he yeah, didn't have to. Right. I mean, and it was a running game like you haven't seen from the Bills. Yeah. I'm being serious. Since Thurman Thomas, yeah. So I mean, you're going back. Wow, you're you're almost going back 27 years. <laughs> I mean, really, it was. So I mean, it was completely and totally unexpected. Right. Completely, yeah. And right. so uh, I don't, I don't even know what I don't know what to say about it. You know, the the, the NFL this year. Every time you think there's a good team, they get beat.
0: So the Cowboys were going in, they were five what, game winning streak, nine and nine and three it was somewhere.
2: <laughs> ten and three, I think.
0: Was it ten and three? Yeah. So, so and what's the record for the bills now?
2: Oh, the bills are eight and six.
0: They're now eight and six.
2: But the one thing, you know, even look at the Cowboys, they've gotten beat bad on the road. Yeah. The, when you look at the people are scared of the bills for one reason, one reason only you look and you go six losses, mm. everyone has been by six points or less. Hmm. So they haven't been blown out at all. I mean, yeah. They've been in every single game. Right. And, and so, but I don't know where anything's going in the NFL. Yeah, cause I just, I every, don't. every time you think there's a good team, they get beat. And it's like, oh, okay. They get really got beat by them. Okay. Maybe they're not that good. Mm. And so, uh, you know, who knows, but, mm. um, yeah, I'll, I'll mm. take, I'll take the, I'll take the victory. All
0: right. Going to be, uh, a wild week again. I mean, uh. It it will it will be interesting to see how things start to shape up. What's what's interesting is over the weekend, you know, doing some uh, lots of Christmas stuff. Uh, my wife's Christmas party, which was fun, and uh, the and you know just lots of things that are you know and and not uh, all the updates were coming to my phone, but really so many things that kind of took me away from the news where I was just sitting there and reading all weekend long uh and I thought to myself you know we're getting so close now to Iowa uh the New Hampshire polls were now the uh, the one New Hampshire poll now where um um Nikki Halius is you know pulling uh, a little bit uh 15 points closer now. you know to uh to Trump yeah. in New Hampshire and and we'll see where that goes I mean look he's got a very uh, Trump has a very comfortable lead in Iowa uh, Ron DeSantis was working very hard. He, he visited all 99 counties. He pulled a full, uh, Chuck Grassley as they call it. Cause that's what Chuck Grassley does. He goes to every County. Um, but, and Trump last I heard it only visited three, but that could be, it could be the case that they really don't think they need to spend a lot of money on, on Iowa right now because of his lead. And you're going to, you know, between now and, and, uh, both Iowa and New Hampshire, there's still, there, there would have to be, here's the difference in, in what has happened in the past. Um, we talked about the John Kasich pop and, and all that in the past and, and and how things have happened, where it's like, okay, all of a sudden there's this surge. Well, there can be surges, but it also requires an erosion from whoever's in right. the lead. And, and, you know, I don't necessarily see that in either New Hampshire or uh, Iowa, I think, but it could happen. I I, guess.
2: I think Republicans feel ripped off because of everything that happened to Trump from Russia collusion yeah. on that he never got a chance in his presidency and what he did. Most most people like what he did, but they also view the two tier system of justice. I don't believe any of this is anti, for example, DeSantis. No, I you don't, don't see think it's, really. No. I mean, even when Trump – you don't hear a lot of you, you see it from the campaign, and most Republicans go, "Yeah, whatever." I mean, it's like. Just not to sand us his time at this, you know, at, at this point. Well, Trump because didn't have a rise.
0: He didn't, this wasn't momentum. This was built in, going in. You know, his yeah. base was built in, going in. This is not momentum. But,
2: well, he can almost do anything right now because, to be honest with you, the worst representative that you can have for the Republican Party is Roseanne Barr speaking. <laughs> yeah, right. And Kid yeah. Rock. Yeah. If that's what you're, and he's using them as major, you know, speakers at his speeches. hmm
0: yeah,
2: the last thing I want is a Republican Party that evolves around those two. Right, right. The last thing I want doesn't matter. Well, doesn't ma- doesn't, doesn't matter. Well, who's the bigger nothing.
0: celebrity of those three? Trump, Trump. Roseanne Barr, and Trump, get Rock, Trump. Exactly. <laughs> You're the celebrity.
2: You don't need any celebrities. No, you really, you really you don't. You don't. No, and and but I'm sitting there. I just shake my head because. You know, you see more. Kid Rock now saying he's forgiven Bud Light. It's like, well, that's not a go. Hey, he's there out there for Trump. Nobody cares. Roseanne right. Barr throwing out stuff that's completely and totally incoherent. Nobody cares. It's because it's about Trump. Exactly. It's not about them. It's, it's, and, and yeah. that's the thing. You're right. He
0: could, he could pretty much do anything, but there's not going to be any erosion of his numbers. I don't see anything I don't see him that's going to bring that in any of those states, um, you know, where he's leading. And, and now the, uh, the one poll that showed him at six, where, where was it? It was a nine-point lead uh, for Trump. I think it was a nine point a six point lead uh, over Biden. We'll get more into the polls here. But these, this shows that it's less of an outlier, or these the, the first couple of polls are not outliers, you know,
2: mm-hmm.
0: where he's actually got a fairly healthy lead over Biden in the general election, Paul's and that that's going to be interesting to watch.
2: Yeah, that seems to be consistent. Yep, eight six six ninety red eye. This
3: report is brought to you by Shell Rotella. With advanced synthetic technology, is designed to help keep your rig running with more mileage and less maintenance. Electrical systems are one of the most common causes of winter breakdowns. So when your batteries talk, it's important you listen. Know the warning signs that could indicate your electrical system needs attention to help avoid getting stuck out in the cold this winter. Keep an eye out for lights that are dim, as this is an early warning sign that your alternator is degrading and near the end of its life cycle. Lights that are brighter than normal, on the other hand, can indicate your alternator is overcharging. You should immediately get a full electrical system check if you notice either of these warning signs.
1: We'll be right back with more Red Eye Radio with Eric Harley and Gary McNamara.
0: Book online at motel6.com. Use the code CPREDEYE to get 15% off your stay at Motel 6 or Studio 6. With almost 1,500 locations across the country, there's almost always a Motel 6 or Studio 6 nearby. Truck parking is available at most locations. Enjoy a clean, comfortable room at a price you will love when you use the code CPRedEye that's the letters C P RedEye all one word for 15% off your stay at Motel 6 and help curtail the yawning that's just something I've noticed brought to you by Motel 6
2: It's Friday Radio. He's Eric Harley, and I'm Gary McNamara. You know, you saw that one survey of young people, 18 to
0: 24.
2: Yeah. 51% yeah. uh, believe that Israel should be taken over by Hamas. Right. And then it's even much greater believe that Israel is the oppressor. Yeah. Shows you how brainwashing works. Yep. It really does. And in what's going on in our schools today, it should be a wake up call to a lot of parents out there. That should be very
0: disturbing seen. to everybody. Yeah.
2: Now, I talked to some young people. Now these are Texas young people mm. at a party the other night. Mm-hmm. Man, I was extremely impressed. Yeah. We'll get into that coming Good. up in a Good. little bit cuz uh especially on the 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 critical thinking skills and I actually used it. I actually looked at three young men and said, "You're all critical thinkers, aren't you?" They go, "Yep." Mm. We'll get to that.
0: All right.
1: To Red Eye Radio from the Uniden America Studios.
2: It's Red Eye Radio. He is Eric Carly, and I'm Gary McNamara. Welcome. Good morning. Uh, a week from uh, from Christmas, and yeah, it's just huh? it, yeah, it's just uh, I'm there now because uh, yeah, Ben yeah. Uh, uh, had a visit, drop off some banana bread last week, and you know that's and didn't make a lot of loaves this year. Uh, had a great party on Saturday night that I had to uh, go to to the uh, woman that I call my my chosen daughter, ah, good. <laughs> and uh, this is somebody who I uh, who I met oh over a decade ago when she was very young. I mean, just yeah, sixteen yeah. years of age. Oh wow! And wow. and uh, was a uh, uh, a server at uh, the Marina Club, mm-hmm. and Independent Bob was there one night, and him and and his brother pointed to Rocco. Watch this. Watch this person here. Yeah. And I saw her serving a table, and they like, yeah, she's really professional. Yeah, doing at, doing it well. Yeah, they look at me, yeah. and they go, she's 16. Wow. And wow. then I heard the story, and, you know, her parents really weren't – she was on her own. Yeah. She was on her own at 15. Oh. Ran wow. away from home because wow. parents, drug addicts. Wow. And so – a bunch of us there always just looked out after her to make sure she was okay. Yeah. Well, as I tell her, they all moved and I got stuck with her. (laughs) So, (laughs) but uh, just, uh, you know, now she's a a lot older, married, uh, you know, child and everything else. And, Mm. and uh, so uh, I, I went uh, to her, uh, her, she invited me to the, to the, to the Christmas party. And as I told you, I felt like, I I felt like the, uh, not that I'm Ebenezer Scrooge, but yeah. I felt like the scene in in uh, in A Christmas Carol when he goes to his nephew's party and he's the oldest guy there. Yeah, right. yeah. <laughs> I was the oldest guy. I was the oldest person there. Right. Which was no. I mean, it doesn't bother me at all. But right. it was yeah, just a yeah. great opportunity to talk to uh, three young men. Mm-hmm. And we got into talking about electric vehicles, the grid. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah. They know. Yeah. No. They there know. seems now, to be No, They're not. They're not. I've, I. I want to make sure everybody mm-hmm. understands. They're not really intelligent because they're not Ivy League graduates. <laughs> oh,
0: oh, yeah. So you were talking to ketchup eaters, were
2: you? Yes. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> not intelligent at all because they didn't go to an Ivy League school. Yeah. They had no Mister Ho yeah. in them whatsoever, exactly, uh, or Levy. Yeah, uh, but uh, their wives and no were not radical, Levy.
0: and no radical indoctrination either.
2: No, no, and so uh, it was. It was very refreshing to hear them first talk about. Well, what do you think about uh, uh, you know EVs? Now, uh, one of them is a mechanic. Hmm. You know, oh, just I said, yeah. I said you right. see the future yeah. with. I said you see the future ten years from now uh, with uh, with. Uh, with evs and he said no i i see myself working on on 2018 20 10 years from now 2018 2019 2020 2021 vehicles he goes that's what i'm gonna be working at if they keep going that way and he goes what do you think i said well no i don't think they're going to be able to go full you know electric they're not right. going to be able to do that right right and then then another uh young gentleman kicked in talked about the lithium mining and just then started yeah. talking about the specifics of actually the the uh, the the liberals and their and it wasn't done that way. They weren't saying the liberals. They weren't saying Democrats. They were just simply saying those that are pushing this, you know, ideology that you know that and and not talking about mm. the incredible pollution of lithium. And I sat back there going, wow. All of you are really critical thinkers. Like, oh, thank you. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Grandpa. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Right. No,
2: no. But yeah. Was, what are you, a cop? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, but it was it was extremely refreshing. And then I wake up in the morning. <laughs> the, the majority of 18 to 24-year-olds, I think it's in school, wasn't it? Was it in school? Uh, I yeah, forgot I, what the, I the exact poll was. I think it was. But it was just, it was you know, that 51% uh, that, uh, pers- believe that, Israel should be taken over by Hamas. And you're just shaking your head going, my God, what in the hell is They don't going have a on? clue. No. They don't have a clue. None. No. 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 I, I go back to that Canadian band, mm-hmm. <laughs> the Northern Pikes, Yeah,
0: <laughs> in,
2: in teen land, what the kids are talking about means zero now, but you got to give them a break <laughs> right. in teen land now, in dreamland now. <laughs> but this isn't even that. This isn't about having unreasonable dreams or whatever. This, you know, uh, because we all have unreasonable dreams.
0: Right. Because we all
2: have dreams right. that we probably won't reach. Some do, and then mm. they're not unreasonable. Yeah, I
0: gave mine up at, I was probably, right. I don't know,
2: 14. <laughs> but, but, uh, <laughs> Our parents usually say, well, that's pretty unreasonable there, but you know, go ahead until you figure out you can't do it, then do something else. Yeah. Uh, 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 but uh, this this is pure propaganda. This is grabbing this is grabbing people when they're young, grabbing kids when they're young, and indoctrinating them. Yeah, that's right. all. That's all it is. Because there's right. no way you can know the history of the world. There's no way you can be knowledgeable on what's going on. That you can be knowledgeable about what makes a Democrat society versus a totalitarian or terrorist state, mm. there's no way if you have any type of knowledge on that that you can hold that opinion. No, It comes from no. complete propaganda, brainwashing, with and no willful truth. willful ignorance. And willful
0: ignorance you know, in a which part is two. Which yeah. is an attitude. You know, yeah. uh, willful ignorance we've been talking about for a long time. And that's where you don't care to learn the truth. You don't care to ask questions. You don't care to think it through. You're hearing something that other people are saying and you're repeating it.
2: Yeah, I mean, that's just I, when I saw that over the weekend, I went, well, OK, yeah. well, no, that's that, that, I'm, I'm sure glad I had that conversation with those young people who were absolutely crystal clear. Yeah. You know, yeah. Uh, in in their thought process in their mm-hmm. critical thinking skills. Right. Which we've always said is completely lacking uh in so many aspects of well, in liberalism is completely gone. Yeah,
0: I uh, by the way on the EV thing um I know a mechanic that's been doing it for I don't know, 50 years. I think it's much longer than 50 years. He's Semi-retired now. But he believes that the insurance companies, auto insurance companies, are going to be the ones uh, that are screaming next. Because the level that you need to get to to total an EV is different. If there's damage to the battery. And he said that's going to be a problem going forward. It may not have reached that point just yet but he said that will be the next industry that screams about a mandate because the batteries are so expensive. If there's an accident that is otherwise repairable, but the battery is trashed. Well, first of all, and you better cross your fingers, hope and pray. There's not a fire. Then the cost of replacement, sorry, total. And as more underwriters are looking at that and going, uh, "Yep, if there's if there's a greater and greater number of that, there's only so much you can pass on to the consumer." Now that seems to be an exception with the insurance companies or the insurance industries because things are skyrocketing. We talked about it. You know, we're not being populist here. Everybody knows it. Cost of insurance on all fronts mm-hmm. has skyrocketed, and But at some point, you're just going to have a, you know, you're going to have to hit the brakes on something like that because, you know, their profit margin in the insurance industry is very small, always has been. And at that point, you start eating into that small, and we're talking margin, not overall profit, but margin. You start eating into that, you're going to, there's going to have to be a change.
2: Or you're gonna you're gonna find insurance. You may have insurance, but you're not. The deductible is going to be through the roof. Could could be that.
0: And then what happens? Let's say let's say you took a deductible to ten grand, right, or something like that. My gosh. I mean, what's next? (laughs) Self insured. I mean, you can't lawfully you can't self insure. I mean, you have to have liability at least. But uh, comprehensive. You're gonna self insure comprehensive well if you're financing that car you can't do that so how do you how do you fix that problem the cost of repairs is a big deal the cost of repairs as a result of an accident is a big deal for insurance companies and and owners so you know there there are so many i mean just brick walls that are ahead for the EV industry. And they know it. The EV industry knows this. And the OEMs that, you know, aren't the um, uh, uh, Teslas of the world or the Rivians of the world, they know it and they've already said it. We can't make a profit here and the dealerships are screaming. We can't sell them. They're They're showing up Look, Teslas, there's there's plenty of Teslas on the road. This, the number's not zero, but we've clearly reached a threshold on demand for those types of cars. And as long as prices are going to be where they are, then everybody is reconsidering. Everybody's reconsidering what they drive now. And, and even before you get to having to purchase an EV, when these mandates finally kick
2: in and that's what I liked about the discussion the discussion really didn't didn't get political it got just scientific right uh, and right, when we right. talked about the grid yeah. I'm like what are they what are they talking about the fact that we can do this without you know without nuclear we can't you know the, or that we can uh do it with you know solar wind they go they talk nuclear but nobody wants that in their backyard i'm like wow these are all young one was like 29 the other 35 the other like 40 yeah, but extremely, and the, and the other thing is, all with growing young families worried like crazy about how inflation and all yep. this is going yep. to affect their kids.
0: I mean, they're underwater right now. I see it with my kids, and you know, they're they're all uh, my my three oldest. Uh, my youngest is a special needs adult, and she's at home with us, uh, so she doesn't experience the same thing. Um, but the the three oldest are very good at what they do they're doing very well at their jobs this is the story by the way of millions of americans they have young families uh by the way one of my another one of my granddaughters finished high school uh just a couple of days ago the friday i think she was done it's crazy and they are done, struggling done
2: with high schools early yeah, well, yeah, yeah.
0: Right, I, right. I guess that was implied by right. by being done in December. Uh, in Texas, we do graduation in December because June is too dang hot. Uh, no, uh, she and she'll walk like her, like her sister did, uh, who also graduated early. She'll wait, and she's going to walk with her class and her twin sister. Her twin sister has a couple other things she wanted to do, and so she's she's staying in one more semester, and they'll walk together in in uh, in the summer. But yeah, the. The struggle doesn't doesn't change. And now we're at the point reading more about personal debt. You know, because it, it's fascinating to me the correlation uh, in the mindset between national debt and personal debt. Personal debt is different in that, look, uh, I'm struggling. I'm going to have to use this credit card, you know, that I rarely use or... I'm going to have to apply for a credit card and see if I can get some help there. Then all of a sudden you max it out. And what do you do? Well, then you're going to have to make the minimum payment until the end of time. Right. Which is not getting you anywhere. And you've got that debt sitting there. And so what do you do? And then we saw the story of people um, also going through their 401k funds and doing all these things that are leading to think about this. We're leading up to the, 100-year anniversary of the Great Depression. Well, what's going to happen then? Well, we've got Social Security and Medicare to worry about. And how are we going to fix that? All all of these things with the economy are coming to a head mm-hmm. and the national debt. And that doesn't even take into account the personal debt, which right now is at an all-time high.
2: You saw the number of people that couldn't pay their first College loan payment
0: back.
1: Yeah,
2: doesn't that, surprise that me. out over the weekend we'll get because to that it's a
0: new economy for them yeah. now.
2: Eight six six ninety Red Eye.
1: Coming up, more with Gary McNamara and Eric Harley. It's Red Eye Radio.
6: Are you into weird, spooky and strange history? Horrifying History tells you about the side of history that people don't normally talk about. We tell the tales of haunted places, infamous true crimes, unsolved mysteries, the paranormal and then we look to history to see where the truth actually lies. Want to get spooky with us?
3: Horrifying History, part of the Believe Network. Just search BLEAV on YouTube or wherever you listen.
2: It's Friday Radio. Uh, he's Eric Carly, and I'm Gary McNamara. Coming up, following the top of uh, the uh, hour, the budget negotiations, which won't really be a long conversation because uh, you, it really died very quickly after Andrew McCarthy had that column the other day on why are the Republicans talking about three thousand people a day before shutting down the border? All of right. a sudden, that's any details seem to disappear after his column. And now it's like, now the thing is, well, we may come to an agreement, but we might not have another. We might not have the text for a month. Well, then you haven't come to an agreement. That's not an agreement. (laughs) It's like, come on.
0: We have the framework. The framework. There's no such thing as framework. You have a deal or you don't. Yeah.
2: Which means how do you guarantee the Biden administration will do their job? Mm. You don't. So how do you make sure they do?
3: top of the hour news is brought to you by house products visit houseproducts.com
1: this is red eye radio on westwood one now it's red eye radio gary mcnamara and eric harley talk about everything from politics to social issues and news of the day Whether you're up late or you're just starting your day, welcome to the show from the Uniden America Studios. This is Red Eye Radio.
2: All across America and around the world, we are Red Eye Radio. Good morning. He is Eric Carley and I'm Gary McNamara. Well, well, well. A Capitol Hill staffer accused of Filming himself having gay sex in a congressional hearing room uh, has been fired from his job uh, in Senator Cardin's office. A spokesperson for Mr. Cardin, Maryland Democrat, says it was a personal matter. Well, not really. That's not a personal matter at all. No. Uh Adian Mace, I don't even know how to pronounce it. (laughs) Zaropski is no longer employed by the U.S. Senate. We will have no further comment on this personal matter. I guess you wouldn't, would you?
0: Yeah, I'm guessing you don't want to ever talk about it again.
2: Well, the the fact is, um, apparently the film went on what? Some private... Gay sex, yeah. Did I hear that it was, it was live, or they they they
0: or did they record it and post it somewhere?
2: I heard it was posted online.
0: Okay, but
2: they they made it there.
0: And, y- yes, which the, porn- is the pornographic really the important
2: part. Right, the pornographic video was posted online on Friday, showing the two men having sex in the Senate hearing room. The the room is known for hosting Supreme Court confirmation hearings of Supreme Court justices, lower court appointments, and Justice Department and FBI oversight hearings. The incident reportedly took place between where Democrat Senator Amy Klobuchar of Minnesota and Chris Coons of Delaware sat in a recent committee hearing. Additionally, Mr. Uh, Mace uh, Zaraposky had previously appeared in a twenty twenty Biden campaign ad with the president. Hmm. The scandal rocked the office where Mr. Cardin, eighty years of age, is retiring at the end of twenty twenty four. Now after uh Mr. Zorowski was was uh, identified hmm. As a staffer in the video, he has threatened to take legal action. Oh, really? Yes. His statement is, after doing, after doing the video and posting the video, you ready for this? Mm. This has been a difficult time for me. Okay. As I've been attacked for who I love to pursue a political agenda. Yeah, shut up. While some of my actions in the past have shown poor judgment, I love my job and would never disrespect poor, poor judgment <laughs> poor judgments. I love my job and would never disrespect my workplace. Yeah, you would? <laughs> you did. You know what he you know what he's doing he just he said, "Look, if Kareem Jean Pierre can get away with it, why can't I?"
0: I guess that's what
2: you do, right? Yeah. Just deny everything.
0: He's the victim.
2: Yes. Any attempts to characterize my actions otherwise are fabricated, and I will be exploring what legal options are available to me in these matters. You might as well join OJ in looking for the real killers on the golf course. That's right. He's the victim. Well, if people are screaming, we are Hamas in the United States, he probably thinks, I I can convince people this is fine.
0: Yeah, this isn't as radical as what they're screaming. Right. Unbelievable. Lawsuit. Give me a break. My God
2: so uh there you go meanwhile i'm just here i am looking i'm I'm going through so many different publications here looking for any type of analysis of where the democrats and republicans are in the negotiations for the border Mm. i can't find anything i really can't find anything nobody has any idea outside of inside where they keep going well yeah we're making progress but even if we do make progress we're probably not going to be able to get this thing done until january And even if we come to an agreement, we won't have the text of that agreement Uh done for weeks. And so uh, we probably won't be moving forward on any of this until January. Shut up! Yeah. Sorry, did that come out too hard? We believe that in
0: the future, we may have the beginnings of the framework to start a discussion on writing something down. Yeah, you know what? You sound drunk. <laughs> just wait, wait until everybody sobers up in January, and then talk about it again. I just don't have any confidence, by the way, on on that whole thing. I I, I don't know where it goes. I really don't. But this is—we've heard this over and over again. Uh, on how many deals? Well, we we believe we have the framework. I think that's programmed into Mitt Romney, by the way. I think that was one of the, the original, when the original programmers first set him up. He's a robot, if you don't know. I think they said, oh, look, hey, whoa, did we make sure in his vocabulary, the words framework or word framework, that has to be, he's got to know that word. That's got to be, he's got to use that word because it sounds like a very Romney-esque, word and we hear it repeatedly we believe we may have the beginnings we have a deal we won't get to the text in january what happens during essentially the you know christmas break time and january is light years on capitol hill especially at the beginning of a major election season in terms of you know i mean we'll be on the tarmac in january you know, so
2: well, when I uh, again, we, we had talked about the fact that and Andrew McCarthy had uh, from National Review when we were here on uh, Thursday night, Friday morning. we were reading his column and he had stated that inside the negotiations, what the deal seemed to be was that uh, Democrats wanted to close the border, but only after 5000 people got through a day. And Republicans were at three thousand, and they meant he mentioned the fact. He goes, "Why would Republicans do something like this?" Now, remember, it was Jay Johnson going back a year ago that said a thousand a day is unsustainable; that you yeah. can't handle it. Right. And here, the Republicans are actually negotiating three thousand. It seemed like all talk of anything going on in the negotiations at that point stopped. Yeah, you know, yeah. Le- learning anything. And then when this came out yesterday, on Sunday, when U.S. Senator Ron Johnson joined 14 of his Senate GOP colleagues in sending a letter to their conference chairman, the Republican conference chair, John Barrasso, requesting a meeting of the conference the week of January 8th to discuss the negotiations with President Biden and Senate Democrats regarding border security. He was joined uh, in the uh, letter with 14 Uh, Senate GOP colleagues. And he says, we write to request that you call a meeting of the conference to discuss Senate negotiations on securing the border, rushed and secret negotiations with Democrats who want an open border and who caused the current crisis will not secure the border. The American public deserves an open and transparent process, which cannot occur until the House returns the week of January 8th. Accordingly. We request this conference be held the week of January 8th, but not before. Yeah. Which means the Republicans want it shut down. Right. Apparently, there was some feedback on the negotiations. Good. Of saying, well, 3,000, then we close the border every day. Which is interesting because we never said this the other day, but when you think about it, what they're saying is, okay, Democrats are saying 5,000, We then we close the border for that day. Republicans were at 3,000, then you closed the border for the day, which both were admitting it's possible to close the border or send them back. Yeah, right. One yeah. or the other.
0: Right. You're creating, with the 3,000 number, you're creating a permanent hole in the border. What are you doing? Which the you're current. You're not fixing the problem. Which the
2: current law doesn't give you.
0: Right. The, exactly. A very critical point. The current law is zero. And so hopefully. The message was sent loud and clear. And that's why we haven't really heard much in the last few days. That, no, what you meant by 3,000 was zero. I'm amazed just... The, I, I don't the, know the, how the, you even it, float that. I know. How do you, by the way, how do you float that in a room where, where nobody else is going to hear it? Just a handful of your staffers. Say uh, hey, what do you what do you what do y'all think? I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna counter with three thousand a day.
2: You're drunk. Well, as I told you, I because <laughs> we were talking about the Senate. Apparently, that's what that letter's about. Yeah, yeah. That letter's about yeah. the fact that this is garbage. Yeah, what's going on here? Yeah. Don't present us something from this negotiated thing. We need a complete open process on what to do with the border. What they have in mind to discuss on January 8th, I don't know. And you and I had said, even if they got this through the Senate, which I had very high, you know, great doubts. Again, though, we look at the things they've compromised on before. and We said the other day, well, who knows? I still believe they know they can't get this through. They cannot get this through uh, the Republican voter agreeing to 3,000 a day.
0: Yeah, yeah, that, especially, I, I, you're, especially you're,
2: when the current law is zero a day. Well, and, and hopefully some, maybe
0: some uh, GOP in the House called over as well. Is good. Yeah. Hey, hey uh, we don't know what y'all did at your Christmas party, but <laughs> don't float that three thousand number this way because it ain't going to happen. But but I'm really hopeful, by the way, that it's the constituents more so than the GOP in the House. Either way, but I I I do. You know, I hope that enough of us are still paying attention to the fact that we would respond that way. Now, uh, there was a, you and I were like, you know, that night we went over those numbers and we were, where, how does this happen? How in the world do you, I mean, it was just. Who crazy su- and
2: who suggests that on the Republican side well it was how like- much have you had to drink at the holiday exactly. party just to, to exactly. suggest that as a Republican
0: exactly because it 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 would be like Bernie Sanders I want to spend six trillion dollars and then the GOP going no we're only spending five <laughs>
2: it's like- now actually, uh, Since we're spending six trillion now, it would uh-huh. be like Bernie Sanders. Well, I mean, on a on
0: a separate package, no, no yeah, not the budget, but yeah, R- right, right, yeah, so yeah, sorry,
2: because be like we, you know, the budget is six, just to give the proper, to give always the proper context <laughs> that, that, so, that so we're not sitting in that, front that of con- the budget, Congress. roughly six trillion dollars, yeah. and so Joe comes in and says it should be twenty, and Republicans say we refuse. We're not going to be twenty. It's going to be eighteen. Yeah, it's not a it, dime above when, eighteen. Right when it currently is six.
0: Yeah, exactly.
2: No, no, that's exactly it. Yes. No, that's
0: that's, <laughs> that's 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 perfect. I know. Because <laughs> we start at you know the law, which says zero. zero. Well, Democrats go, uh, you know, what was theirs? Five thousand. Five thousand. I, I wanted to say eight, because uh, I guess because five and three makes eight. By the way, I know what you're thinking. Eric sounds tired. No, Eric sounds like he's doing math that you do on Capitol Hill. That's what Eric sounds like. It sounds like he's been covering the Capitol Hill math for too long. My calculator doesn't work like other calculators. And that's the problem, you know, that, that, that we have. My question would be, what if there were no checks you know on the you know in terms of like checks and balances what if there were cuz they you float 3000 i'm not going to say the whole thing but you can't do that in the wind it's going to come back at you
2: oh no, you can
0: and i i am Grateful that if that's what's going on here, and we believe it is, that it does fly back at you like a boomerang and hard because it means people are paying attention and they're concerned. We know that people are paying attention. We know our, our audiences, but so many people right now are like, no, oh, no, 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 open border, fine. What border? And... That's been a problem for too long, and hopefully this is a sign that that is coming to an end.
2: Eight six six ninety Red Eye. Brought to you by FPPF, Fuel Power Max.
3: Most owner-operators leased to larger carriers are paid on a per-mile basis or a percentage of revenue per load. The per-mile basis is most prevalent among larger fleets, percentage at smaller. Pay per mile tends to dominate discussions about pay just because it's easier to measure and pay per mile often is wrongly used as the deciding factor in leasing to a carrier. While pay per mile can be a vital factor, it's not a cure for every ill, nor does it mean a big settlement check is coming in owner-operator's way. Why? Because pay per mile always must be considered in balance with gross revenue as well as total costs. Gross revenue can include flat mileage pay, mileage pay that varies by length of haul, percentage revenue pay, and more. Most importantly, though, for every revenue dollar generated, only part of that dollar is profit. But for every extra dollar of cost saved, the entire dollar contributes to profit. Knowing and understanding your cost to operate is fundamental to understanding the true value of any pay package. Brought to you by Shell Rotella with advanced synthetic technology is designed to help keep your rig running with more mileage and less maintenance.
1: Lines open for your calls. 866-90-RED-EYE on Red Eye Radio.
2: It's Red Eye Radio. He is Eric Harley and I'm Gary McNamara. Welcome and uh, good morning. Download our Rudd Eye Radio app today. Listen when and where you want. If you can't listen live overnight. All right, uh, quickly here, I want to play a couple of uh, audio cuts just to show you what's going on here with the uh, whole uh, border negotiations going on. Here's uh, Democratic uh, Rep. Uh, Joaquin Castro. Uh, is, he, uh, is he still uh, parroting uh, his hero from uh, Cuba? <laughs> But uh, here we go. Here we go right here.
5: I want to speak quickly to the Democrats in the Senate and others who are considering supporting (laughs) this proposal. If you do so,
2: you will be surrendering to right wing racism. And more than that, you will be enabling it. Okay. we don't even know what the negotiations are about. Yet it's right wing racism if the Democrats continue to negotiate. If the Democrats are going to negotiate any lessening of the insanity at the border, yeah, then that's right-wing racism. Now it's interesting because let us go to the black Democratic mayor of New York. Here we go. All
3: right. We had to do a real job of explaining to everyday New Yorkers that the federal government has abandoned uh, this important issue that's a national issue. So they're angry, and it's going to come out. I'm the mayor. <laughs> you
0: know? we had- and,
2: you know, he's talking about, again, even more drastic cuts across the board uh, because they're spending so much money on the uh, the, the migrants. Right. And, and so it's just interesting, the dichotomy of, Castro down there saying in San Antonio, no problem at all. No problem. Keep it up. Anything else is racism. And Adam's going. Right wing racism. Right wing. Exactly. By the way, to be, to be clear, at least he pointed it out.
0: It's right. He called it right wing racism and not left wing racism, which is very different. You know, we are Hamas and and all of that. That's left wing racism. (laughs)
1: the gift of the red eye radio app this holiday season merry christmas from gary mcnamara and eric harley red eye radio
2: it's red eye radio he's eric harley and i'm gary mcnamara so here's what's going on with this whole uh, uh border situation it, when you look at it, the the politics uh, uh, of it we all know the borders out of control in fact i was reading yeah. it from abc where it was the white house talking to dick durbin and dick durbin you know well we really uh, have to watch out with the Republicans, and then he's talking to the White House, and he says this is unsustainable. We got to do something about it, and that's yeah. how ABC is saying this whole thing got started was because Durbin's looking at it, and because of what's going on in Illinois, he's saying we can't we can't continue with this, right. but we still have to find a way to blame Republicans, right? So that's when you get to Green Jean Pierre, and there was a the one CBS reporter was all over her the other day, saying, "Excuse me, you." <laughs> You may mention it, but there is no public hearing of the president wanting to get together and solving the problem with Republicans. That hasn't existed until recently, like yeah. right now. Yeah. But this has not been the case. She goes, w- and 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 you know, you you haven't been on it. It's not a major thing that you've been on. Well, we were on it day one. The president addressed it day one. What he has to push back on is the president did not address solving. The border problem, day one, he made it worse. Yep. We all know he made it worse with his executive orders.
0: I mean, before day one, uh, you know, I mean, he was doing it during his campaign, during the entire campaign season, we want you to come back. We want you to come back. We want you to come back. If you were deported during the Trump years, we want you to come back. We want you to come back.
2: And so... You hear, if you hear the Democrats consistently say, we want to have comprehensive immigration reform, what does that mean? Well, to me, womp, 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 womp. Well, to me, what it means is they wish to move as many people through as quickly as possible and make them legal citizens. Mm-hmm. You know, at the they don't want to close the border and mm-hmm. then have a legal yeah, immigration system is, is, yeah yeah you know that's what that's, that's their version and yeah. and and that's republicans need to articulate that though yeah, they need to articulate sure. and say the democrats want this the democrats want the, they want the insanity at the border to continue and they want to let people through the border and that's how what their immigration system they wish to have we wish to close the border and Because of what we need, and this is something that Trump should be promoting because he did once before with Jim Acosta. Right. As far as I know, he hasn't changed from that. No, he has not changed. We need legal immigration. Yeah. Because Trump got no flack for it when he said it as president.
0: If anybody can sell that to the right. It's Trump. It's Trump. Yep. If, if, because I, I, I'll I say it, if Mitt Romney tried to sell that to the right, deaf ears. But if Lindsey Graham tried to sell if, it, no, that's a great point. I don't know of anybody that has the clout to sell that and not have the the damage from the base at all. Because they would look at it and it, look, he said it in that, like you just mentioned, in that room with Jim Acosta that day. Because Acosta had already asked a, question, a couple of questions, you know, a, a question and then a couple of follow-ups. And he interrupted Acosta and said, no, 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 we want legal immigration because of all the jobs we're creating. And so we want that. And then Acosta wanted to make it the uh, Jim Acosta show. Right. And that's when he got thrown out. Right.
2: We all, we remember that. And yep. nobody else seems to remember that right. Find it on YouTube. You can yeah. find it. Oh, well, yeah. You can find it. We pl- we've played it before. Yep. Um, and so you look at it, and this is the thing that Republicans have to clamp down and say: Look, Democrats keep talking about a comprehensive immigration reform. What does that mean? Does that mean close the border? Because here's what we would say: Here's what I'd say. Comprehensive immigration reform is that the American people would want, mm. and that is we close the border. Yeah, right. If somebody has a legit asylum claim from company or from from uh, countries that are recognized by the United States, for example, Cuba, something like that, where you you come in because you are being, you know, politically uh what do you call it? Politically uh not politically, but you are you you are being threatened, your life is being threatened for political purposes or whatever. Right. You know, there you know and we've had this immigration. Persecuted, uh, persecuted you know, the, yeah, right, you're being yeah. persecuted, whatever. But we've had a standard for that. And Congress can set a standard where you look and you can highlight different countries for that when it comes to asylum. But otherwise, asylum should be done. Look, there's no way, and I believe the vast majority of Americans would agree. Don't lie to the American public. Don't say it's about you know political persecution, and then you have people at the border. Just last week, telling Bill Malusion, "We're not here. We don't. We're not here for any type of amnesty." Right. You know, or, or you know, we're not here because of political persecution. We want a job, right? Well, they got a hearing before the court, right? Right, and they've already made it clear we're not here to get asylum, right? It's not why we're here. We're not here to get asylum, right? We're here to get jobs, right? We want and, to work. And then they came back later on and informed Illusion, oh, okay, no, we've have our hearing in ten months, yeah. Yeah. And meanwhile, we can stay in the country. right? And most Americans would say, no, what's happening on the border is insane. We need to close the border and go back to the legal immigration system we have where you apply. If you're not applying for uh, asylum, then you apply to become an American citizen. And there's a process to do it. Most Americans would say that's the way it has to be, even right. if they don't right. want... Legal immigration right now, which the, the polls show the American public doesn't. The reason is because the insanity at the border. And I don't think anybody really knows what the old system used to be because we've had illegal immigration for what? Over two, three decades yeah, now? Yeah. Out of absolute control? Right. And now and it's, so just, most people,
0: it, it's yeah. just wide open. The, the southern border is just wide open.
2: And so it's up to Republicans to say, look, the Democrats, when they talk about comprehensive immigration reform, what they're talking about is legalizing the millions that are coming through the border, not stopping and closing the border and having a separate legal immigration system or a true asylum system. They just want everybody to come in and they'll legalize them and make them American citizens ASAP. Right. And and the reason I said want, 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 because the words
0: comprehensive immigration reform don't apply here. No, they don't. And it, it and it's what people hear and go, oh, we'll see. They're trying to fix something. No, they broke it. And that's what the people are hearing. Want, wah, wah. Oh, look, it looks like they're trying to. No. It needs to be very clear, as you point out. This is why it's important for the GOP to point out at, at every turn. This is where we are. Secure the border before we talk about anything else. Give the Border Patrol what they need to do it consistently before we talk about anything else. You know, we talked about, and and you mentioned it earlier, we talked about it, and, and you and I have been asking the question, all right, you, you get the money for the Southern border uh, security and then how do you force the administration to use that money to put it to work to its uh, intended goal as, as intended by Congress. Well, you got to get very specific. You got to have certain uh, triggers and marks in that legislation in order for that to happen. And, 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 you have got to really narrow that down to make make sure that the administration or or future liberal administrations are not going to have any kind of um, workaround in order to get around it to skirt it i i know it seems like an impossible task but at least you've got to make the 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 effort to do that in the legislation we'll see we'll see where it goes but there from my perspective And I grew up on the border. From my perspective, it has to be for years. For a while, we need to show that we can consistently control the border, take it back from the cartels, because right now they control it, and they've controlled it for several years. We need to be able to demonstrate And I'm not saying perfect. I'm not saying 100%. I would not want to do the job of a Border Patrol agent, and I know many of them and have known them since I was a school kid. I would not want to do that job. It would feel like spinning wheels all the time. But if we have a policy and funding in place and we can demonstrate that for a period of
2: time, then we can talk about what what's next. No, you can you can solve the you can't stop everybody from crossing a border exactly. that big. But when you can do is make it so they can't work in. They're the not going States. to be here. And we talked about that. How yeah. do you do that? You go after employers. Yep.
0: You go after, and you're going to have to do that on a consistent basis. You go after the employers. Well, if you're found to do this, then you're going to be you're going to have massive massive trouble coming your way.
2: And you heard you know from Joaquin Castro and other. Extreme radicals mm. out there that want the border to be open, right. and any attempt well, then you're a right wing racist. Yep. yep, is the the which is just it's mind boggling. You you're not going to convince the American public that that's the right way to go, right? And you're certainly Joaquin, not in the state of Texas, going to get any type of majority support right. for that absolutely right. radical opinion yeah. and yeah. line that it has anything to do with racism which it does not right it's yep. about the security of the border yep yep that's simple yeah i don't think anybody i don't i don't know any republican that's talking about limiting the color of the people right uh, or the ethnicity of the people who wish to come in to the united states through a legal process right no they are The Democrats are, because that's the only way that they can defend it, is to to naturally call the other side racist. Of course. 866-90-RED-EYE.
1: Get in touch with Red Eye Radio, toll free at 866-90-RED-EYE.
2: It's Red Eye Radio. He's Eric Curley, and I'm Gary McNamara, and, and this is this is where I get uh, you know a little bit frustrated with the Republicans, especially when Democrats for so long have used the entire thing. Well, what we're looking for is comprehensive immigration reform. Yeah. They throw a title out there, but never right. tell you what that means. Exactly. Anybody notice that? Yeah. They never yeah. ever tell you what they mean by it. Right. They throw out a slogan, but they never explain it. Yeah. They never say, "Well, here's what we want." We want a closed border and we want legal the, the legal immigration system that we've had right. to continue or even be more. Well then you can discuss and you can have the debate over the legal immigration system with a closed border. And asylum Asylum we will define much uh much much heavier. Yeah. Uh and the fact is if you claim asylum unless for, except for very few extenuating circumstances, you file asylum and you stay in Mexico or your home country. Right. Because right. the vast majority are not legitimate. Um, the vast majority of America, Americans, the vast majority of uh, illegal immigrants that they had made legal migrants, mm-hmm. at least temporarily, the vast majority will not get asylum in the United States. Right. And if we're to apply
0: the law as it should be. And, and that's the problem, you know, that we have here. Look, because they turned it into, hey, look, just say the word asylum. Just point to the fact that your economy, global warming, global warming is having, climate change is having a worse effect on my country where I come from right. than it is here. Therefore, it's harder on me. You know, it, it's, this is the insanity over and over again, but, but, you know, that's, as you said, uh, listen to the t- the title they put there, uh, it's like mm-hmm. Affordable Care Act. Oh, he wants affordable care. We should support that. Well, the, you know, the, the operative word there is act. It was all an act. And the problem is, is that it's always the opposite of what they title it.
2: Well, Democrats have been winning by using slogans for hypotheticals. Yeah. But now their hypotheticals have hit reality in American the American public has seen the reality. It's time for Republicans to tear it down and say, you know, when they say comprehensive immigration reform, do you notice they never tell you what that includes right. they never actually define what comprehensive immigration reform is right they don't ever want to tell you what it is they just throw out the slogan and say they want it and the other side doesn't right why don't they get specific because they if they do they know that the vast majority of the american public will not agree with them right and what you do by that is force them to come out and say what they mean Mm -hmm. And then when they don't, you hit them again. See? They're not telling you what they mean by it. Right.
1: This is Red Eye Radio on Westwood One.
2: It's Reddit radio. He's Eric Carlin, and I'm Gary McNamara. Good morning. Welcome to the show. Welcome. How's
0: everybody? Welcome. Hello, and welcome.
1: Mm-hmm. How about
0: hello, but not welcome, not not yet. We'll think about it. No, we want you here. Thank you for being here. Yeah, it's going to be a good week.
2: I mean, it's Christmas. It's I mean, I, I, I view this as Christmas week because it's week. Yeah, well, the it week is. before Christmas. I mean, Christmas is technically next week because yeah. it falls on uh on uh on monday but um uh, i'm in the mood now <laughs> twice the week
0: before christmas yeah um now you're you're flying to buffalo on the 23rd, 23rd. my pa- my parents live uh up the road uh couple, just a couple hours we always go and visit uh after christmas mom and dad for years have had uh more of a cry uh quite <laughs> crying christmas a quiet Christmas, (laughs) Freudian slip, a quiet Christmas. Um, Usually one or two of my siblings uh, goes by on Christmas day, but really the big celebration is we all in that last week, I I don't know, for years now, it seems like all the siblings really only have the time off after Christmas. We'll go there and, uh, you know, um, we're from Texas so we're going to have tamales you know we're going to have uh lots of great food um and hang out and you know kind of do that thing uh you and I are off after this week so I'll have a day or two I can spend with uh mom or dad maybe more uh if it, it the weather's supposed to be really nice no, <laughs> and I've been telling dad he's got a big uh, pontoon boat and so we've been thinking about going out. They've been going out, but usually they go out during the week because um, the weekend's kind of crowded at the lake uh, near their house. And so I told them, I said, you know, I'd love to go out, and we just might have to go out one day, uh, take the pontoon out, and do some fishing. Uh, but, uh, yeah, it's going to be good. It's gonna I'm,
2: be, I'm checking the weather now for,
0: uh, for, for Buffalo yeah
2: where i'm going to be in, okay. let's get to the weekend now okay all right Fr- uh friday 3732 uh uh-huh. saturday 4035 sunday christmas eve 4435 monday christmas day this is in buffalo yeah 4840 tuesday the day after christmas 4938 Wednesday of next week 4636 that means zero snow and as you get within a week that they're I mean the the forecast becomes better uh, yeah you know when it's two weeks out right. you're like okay after a week are they just doing more of the average on it but that's really uh for the, uh, the the next week to uh to uh to Christmas so that's good and I don't care this year after last year you know I know that you know my dad being 97. In back of your heads like okay our Christmases are limited right you know you just you just start thinking that right yeah. With my dad though I with, with most parents I started thinking that at 80 17 years later well, sure no yeah you know what sure I, I remember when my dad
0: uh my dad after his military career was a truck driver for a long time and and I remember you know when he was telling me he was he was retiring and then I'm thinking you know here lately I went back and did the math and I was like wow I'm not much younger than he was then. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and uh, you know, so you you think of it because my wife and I and our kids moved up here, moved down here a couple hours away to uh, the Dallas area 30 years ago, uh, just shy of 30 years ago. And, uh, you know, I think about, well, that means my mom and dad. Actually, uh, I'm only... About twelve months younger than my dad would have been then. Wow. Uh, uh, no, no, about. Uh, no, it's more like it's a couple of years. About a couple of years younger than my dad was then. But I think about that, and and back then it was old. I mean, they were old. <laughs> I wasn't old. <laughs> I'm still not old. <laughs> And if you say I'm old, then <laughs> well, you just need I, to be
2: quiet. I, I will say this: that you know, you you tend to. I've often said this because young people ask me all the time. They'll they'll say, "What age would you rather be?" I said, "Right now." It's oh, always yeah. been that's always oh, been my yeah. answer. Oh yeah, always yeah, yeah, been yeah. my answer because yeah. I think you just you gain you gain more experience. Yeah. You become more mentally trained. You've been through so many things in your life. You know how to handle them. You've been able to differentiate between the problems that you you can solve and the ones you can't. And the ones you can't, you learn not to worry about. Right. And and so those are all just great. Those are great things that happen that come with age. I guess sometimes they call it that wisdom, (laughs) you know, which is (laughs) wisdom comes from handling all the experiences that you've gone through. And most people, for the most part, go through the same problems. They may be in different businesses, different families, whatever. But the problems are really about still the same for most people, when you, uh, when, yeah, you when you look at much. it, yeah. and so um, the the one thing that's really the one thing that's different for me is being this age is and and you can relate to this in this business. It can be so intense. Yeah, and it can be this business can be extremely intense that you're just worried about making it through the day, and then yeah. making it through the week. The mentality is it's so intense that you're living day to you're living day to day. Get this thing done. Last the week. Last the month. <laughs> last through the next rating book. Yep. yep. And and you and and so you come to there is an expectation. And I'm not saying it's, I'm again, I'm, I'm not criticizing it, saying it's bad. I'm just saying the reality. That's the reality of it, it, which you learn to accept. That's why, because if you don't accept it, you get burned out very, very quickly. Right. And, and so every single day is so intense. But after you've done it, do the David Lee Roth thing, 30,000 hours. Right. It becomes so normal, you don't even think about it anymore. It's not even that kind of a thing. And so that has sort of bypassed me. And so you can actually look at every day and say, wow, okay, well, at my age, you know, I'm closer to the end than I am the beginning. <laughs> and that's a thought that doesn't go through your mind ever for right. decades being in this business because you're just trying to survive every single day of it. You, I still enjoyed it, and I savored those moments of 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 success but nothing can replace the experience that actually makes it, even though it's still hard and you're doing the same work, it makes it easier because it's something that you've done so many tens of thousands yeah, of times before. Right. Yeah. and that's, that's the best part, I think. Well, and, and that's it. Older.
0: And, you know, that comes with experience of, of, you know, anything that you learn along the way um, and you've done for any amount of time. Uh, and and I look at people that have, you know, experience years of experience in something that I have zero experience in, and it's it always boggles my mind how fluent they are in, in what they do. Um, it's when if if I were <laughs> eighteen, starting in radio today. Uh, it would be a very different thing because it's it, it is a very different um, industry uh there you know so much has changed the competition is much greater uh, but then you know my gosh being uh, 30-ish starting talk radio the consideration would be very different because this is why I've got a lot of respect for uh, uh, you know, uh, people like Ben Shapiro, these young people that are uh, critical thinkers. They're and and it's just how their mind works, and it's you know it's always amazing to watch them work. Um, you you, but when you think about navigating the industry, when you think about going through, okay, this is what you have to do, then you've got to build this, and then you've got to get to this point. You know, and I'm so grateful uh, for everything that uh, you know that it, that. I've been able to do, it's still a difficult path. And you've got decisions you've got to make and doing, and when you do that, it's like, okay. And everybody goes through it. I got to pull it. Everything that I believe in, you know, of who I am and everything is going to be out there. You got to put it out there. A lot of people aren't willing to do that. And in today's world, it's very different because your feedback is immediate and it's not just a phone call. It's, you know, every social media, it's every electronic form of communicating. And that's where it would be very different. I think for me, um, it's so rich right now. It is like walking for me, from my perspective, like walking, through a really cool the coolest guitar store ever.
2: It's like it's like playing the the best rock concert you want to play every day or being in the Super Bowl every day. But what comes with that though is the even if you've done it for a while, I mean even if, even though Tom Brady, you know when he went to his 200 Super Bowls, <laughs> it was only <laughs>
0: 180.
2: <laughs> I mean there's there's still the there's still the intensity and, and the, the planning and the practice and everything else that you have to do, which stays the same and keeps that intensity up there right. yeah. every single day. Now, when you get to the point, I'm sure he did the last couple of years, he could sit back and look and go, I'm going to mm-hmm. mm-hmm. enjoy this a little bit more. I'm going to mm-hmm. enjoy this a little bit more. I'm going to enjoy this a little bit more. Enjoy the." Pa- now, I always did enjoy one thing I did do. I always did, even in the hardest times, went, All right. you're doing what you want to do. And I could savor a moment. So I always yeah. was. I wanted right. to make sure that I always, you know, savored, uh, uh, you know, a, a moment in the, in in the business. But sure. uh, I think the the greatest thing is when you're in it for such such a long time, where it becomes second nature. Then there's a tremendous amount of enjoyment, uh, you know, in that, and that's something that I'm always, I will always be grateful uh, for. And like I said, when I look back at times, when you look back in this business. The only thing I could imagine is the fact that you're like, let's, let's say that your baseball career started from the minors and went to the majors. Yeah. Right. <laughs> but it was over a period of not 10 years as you may find at times in, in the, the major leagues, Yeah, but, but 40 to 50 years.
1: <laughs> that would, yeah. That would right. be the
2: difference that you're constantly in it every single day. But, uh, and I, again, I'm not, there's no complaining here. It's just letting people know because I get it from people that go, "What's it like?" I got a guy one time asked me, "What it's like to be Gary?" What is it like to be Gary McNamara? What the hell are you talking about? I'm trying to survive. <laughs> what do you mean? Like I sit back and go, "Oh, okay. Who am I? My name is Gary. Oh, how do I feel about where I?" You never. You really don't have those thoughts. Yeah, I, well, I at least never do. I well, mean, somebody.
0: I know, I, I, no, I actually got the question uh, almost verbatim the other day. What's it like to be Derek Farley? And I said,
2: (laughs) I don't don't know. It's
0: none of my business.
2: Somebody asked that way to me one day because they're looking. A radio person, you know, early on. What's it like to be Gary McNamara? And I go, well, the way you asked Was it a positive tone? Yeah, yes. What's it like to
0: be uh, No, 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 no. okay. No. All right. right. It was a positive tone.
2: Okay. Only only somebody who would know my love life would ask that question.
0: (laughs) So,
2: in that in that kind of well, way. Well, and the
0: question is more like, so uh how bad is it? <laughs> 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 On a scale of 1 to uh, yeah.
2: No, but people it, I would look up that way um you know, I I remember the uh, the uh, the the great uh, uh DJ who just recently died. Hmm. Uh was down in Houston, did a bunch of formats Moby. Yeah, you know yeah. when he? Yeah. I mean that hit me a little hard because I'd met I'd met him early on in my career. Yeah, when it, in fact it was the Texas Sesqu- Ses- Sesquicentennial tour. Yeah, <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. way back in the mid '80s, and I met him, and he was just so huge. It was like wow. And the yeah. same thing, yeah. Because I wanted yeah. yeah. wonder yeah. sure. what it's like to be him. Yeah. He, right. he probably yeah. would have told me the same thing. I'm trying to survive just like you, just on a bigger stage. <laughs> right, that's what it really is.
0: Well, I mean, you know, and, and those are the things, um, that, that, and we have, we have done that. I mean, back in the old building, you know, we had some, there were, and I started in that building, uh, doing a weekend show in May of 96, this division of our company. I started Mm -hmm. in in May of 96 and then, uh, later actually joined the company full time (laughs) in December of 96, but yeah, there were these, you know, massive names, and it's like, wow, I wonder what that's like, you know. Uh, Tom Joyner was in the studio oh, downstairs.
2: Yeah. I, well, I remember wow. I, I remember when he used to go back and, f- remember when he had the local show in Chicago and the local he show in Dallas? And he'd fly every single day back and forth. Every day. Yes. That's I'm, crazy. I remember thinking that going, wow. Now, I was young thinking, boy, that would be great. I was thinking of the money he was making, not having to fly every single day, because he flew, what, from Dallas to Chicago, and then back from Chicago to Dallas. Right. And then uh, uh, the late, great Doug
0: Banks. Yeah. We, when we went over to uh, that studio from Arlington, we were, used to be in the same offices and and studios, uh, separate studios down the hall, but... Uh, same office as uh, our flagship WBAP in Texas. And then we moved over early 2012. Wow, that's crazy, man. Yeah. Think about it. Um, uh, January 2012 is where we really launched um, uh, from that studio in this division of the company. And we were in the Doug Banks studio. That was his studio. That was, And, yeah, and right. I had been there, you know, again from 96 and and the whole thing and over the years. And when that was a different um, part of the building and to be in his studio was, it was just absolutely great thinking, wow, you know, some really great radio happening. And then when we moved over here,
2: he was in this studio. He
0: was, he he and his staff were, were using this studio. Uh, I think he was working by that time remote.
2: No, Uh, he left his wallet here one day.
0: And well, I know, but I think full time he. I don't think he was yeah. here right. in the studio full time. Yeah. Uh, mostly remote, but remember yeah. he
2: left his wallet. We're like, yeah.
0: whoa, <laughs> yeah, it was huge.
2: <laughs> it was a big wallet. Yeah. It was like but, it was like George
0: Costanza. Yeah, exactly. No. But uh he and and he is missed greatly in this yeah, industry, is. and of course by his fans. But yeah, just amazing to think about.
2: Eight six six ninety red eye.
1: We'll be right back with more Red Eye Radio with Eric Harley and Gary McNamara.
2: It's Red Eye Radio. Uh, he's Eric Harley, and I'm Gary McNamara. You know, a couple of weeks ago, we we did that uh, that remember the the article that was uh, written. I can't even remember where it was mm. about how uh, how the left talks about the increase in loneliness and how loneliness is caused by capitalism. And we and others tore it to shreds. John yeah. Stossel actually did a bit did a segment on it. We'll get to that coming ah. up because it's just really is about loneliness and generosity. And they found out that. People are less lonely and more generous in capitalist societies. Right, sure. And it's like, well, of course you're less lonely because in capitalism, you've got to have, you know, two people agree to do business together. Right. Whether it's a transaction or whatever, everything in every other economic society, wealth is taken from you. It's demanded. And so you're always going to feel more comfortable in a society where you're negotiating with someone else, sure. and it's all voluntary, right. the exact opposite of what the media attempts to tell you. So we'll have that coming up.
1: Red Eye Radio, from the Uniden America Studios.
2: Hey, it's Red Eye Radio. He's Eric Hurley, and I'm Gary McNamara. You know, I just discovered this uh, audio cut here in the last 15 minutes. I go, got to play some of it, because it was something right. that we actually discussed. We had a couple of segments on it a couple of weeks ago, and it was the whole thing of the media. Because of Thanksgiving and the holidays and, and all this, is people are lonely. And people are more lonely because of capitalism, and that's what they were trying to sell. People
0: may be lonely, it's not because of capitalism,
2: no, no. And so, I want to play because uh, we had we did at least a couple of segments on it, we, we might have done an hour on it, I can't remember, uh-huh. but it was just so fascinating. And we we tore it apart as others tore it apart. And so, John Stossel got on it, and uh, Johan uh, Norberg, who we had mentioned, one of the researchers. Uh, who said, no, this isn't what's going on. The research doesn't, the media is making it up. The research doesn't Mm. show that. Mm -hmm. The research shows that in capitalist societies, people are less lonely. And in capitalist societies, people are more generous. Well, then again, you think about it, you know, it's like, it's exactly what it's not supposed to be. I would always say, yes, it is. Because if you live in a economic system that takes from you and controls your life more, you're more likely to want to keep what you have. When you earn and you've got freedom, you've got freedom and you get to do what you want, you're more likely to say, I'd like to direct my money over here or give to this person over here or do that over there. I think it's actually logical that you would find capitalist systems more generous because (laughs) no one is taking as much from you as they are in other economic societies. Right. But here's Stossels, uh, just a couple of minutes from talking about this. Are you lonely? You must be, because headline after headline says
4: loneliness is everywhere in America. There's a mass loneliness crisis going
6: on. Loneliness is an epidemic. We are absolutely in a loneliness crisis.
4: As usual, the media are just wrong. Loneliness isn't getting worse. Nothing to back it up. Well,
5: yes, there is an epidemic of headlines. Uh, saying that there is a loneliness epidemic, but there is no empirical data that actually shows that we feel more lonely
4: now than we did in the past. In his new book, Johann Norberg explains that when researchers compare people with previous generations at the same stage of life, they don't find evidence of increased loneliness.
5: Which is interesting, because I would also think that it's less of a stigma to tell people that you feel lonely nowadays. But more people live alone now. I would think that would make more people lonelier. But the interesting thing, and this is what they never tell you in the reports, is that people who live alone and spend less time with, surrounded by other people
4: are also more happy with those relationships. Not only that, but when people around the world are asked, do you have relatives or friends you can count on to help you? People in countries where more people live alone rarely say no. But in places like India and China, where I would think they'd have big families to count on, many more say they have no one. It's the complete opposite of what people
5: expect. In traditional and less market-based societies, between 20 to 30 to 40 percent say they have no one to count on if they need help. Whereas in the richest and most individualist societies, it's in the low single digits.
4: It's the opposite of what the scaremongers tell us, which is that capitalism makes us feel lonely and empty inside. One of the huge sources of loneliness is capitalism. Capitalist values of ruthless greed and competition.
5: The material incentives of capitalists isolate us from nature, each other, and ourselves. It's a miracle we aren't even lonelier. I understand why those charlatans get an audience, because,
3: yeah, at
4: times we all feel lonely and life and relationships are hard. But Norberg's new book points out the many ways capitalism makes life better including making people less lonely. Every poll we're looking at shows that people say that they're less lonely in the most market-oriented societies. The Human Freedom Index ranks how free and market-oriented societies are. Not only are people less lonely in these capitalist countries, but... If you increase freedom
5: by one point, you reduce loneliness levels by six percentage
4: points. Under capitalism, people compete. Sounds... Divisive, sounds like it would pull us apart. Feudalism, communism, fascism, that's divisive.
5: That's all based on getting resources by taking them from somebody else. What capitalism does is that it forces us to think about what do the other guy want? To sell someone anything, you have to please them. The most important aspect of capitalism is cooperation. And that's why you constantly hear every time you buy something this double thank you.
3: Thank you.
5: Thank you. You say thank you and they thank you. Thank you. It's weird. You both say thank you. You both feel you won. I'm brought up with the idea that I should say thank you when somebody has done me a service. But in the market economy, we do each other services constantly. That's how we get richer. No deal ever happens
4: unless both parties think that they benefit more from doing that. And here's another twist to that. You argue capitalism makes us generous? It sounds
5: surprising, and this surprised the researchers as well. For many years, lots of researchers around the world have been looking at how generous are people when they're
4: playing different economic games. You're not allowed to communicate what you're thinking, talk about the decision you're making until you make it. There are many real-life tests of that. This YouTube channel demonstrated a common experiment. Here the host gives people $20.
5: You can divide this between yourself and a stranger in any way you like, but the only condition is the other person has to accept the offer.
3: If he refuses
4: it. Then you get nothing. Then I get nothing. Then nobody gets anything.
5: Then it's game over. So you have
4: to offer something to the other person. This man offers to give away eight of the $20. Eight dollars? Eight bucks. And the 12 is yours to keep? This man gave the woman half. So you got $10 here, is that Got $10, yeah. Do you accept Sean's offer of $10? I
3: do accept Sean's offer. (laughs) Researchers
4: have now done this test all over the world. And surprise again. People are most generous in capitalist societies
2: there you go (laughs) well it's i just like the way you said there's an epidemic of new stories that holiness (laughs) is greater than ever before well you and i've always said (laughs) how the hell do you measure that you're making that up and for these these pundits and they showed you know a bunch of uh, liberal pundits in the United States, you know, political commentators saying loneliness is an economic. You have no idea. You're making that crap up. It,
0: it, well, this is the, th- the thing is, is you've got always from from that approach and mindset, you always have to atta- attach some kind of um, big emotion to it. Because it is true. There are plenty of people out there that are lonely. Well, okay. now that's let's attach that to capitalism. You know, and the fact of the matter is, is that in a capitalist society, one of the reasons you're more generous and you're more inclined to be generous. Is that you understand the cooperative effort and what it means to you now? Liberals cover your ears. The incentive is driven by what? Well, if I keep cooperating, I'm generous in that cooperation. The return is going to come back to me. Right? Um, I'm going to be, because there is, I think there is something instinctive that uh, the more success we have, the more we are driven. If you're a good person, the more you feel driven to give back. But you also understand that um, whether it's the feeling of uh, you know helping someone, the satisfaction of helping someone, or or feeling that okay this is good for my community, this makes my community better, which makes me feel better. There is something that is driven. There is a return for you one way or the other. Well, or the plain cooperation or behavior within capitalism, even before you get to uh, any uh, donations or generosity uh, that is on a nonprofit level. If you're, you know, if you're cooperating in, in, in capitalism, you're starting a business or you're just going to a job, you're working. Well, you want to do a good job because you want to keep the job. You want to do a good job because you want to get a raise uh, next time around. You want to do a good job because, and there are things that are again. All right, let me, uh, Let me help you with this. You understand if you're doing it right, you understand why that cooperative effort uh, and that generosity is necessary.
2: Well, I I know for for me, I I look at it and I say the opportunities and freedoms that I've been given were fought for. That Mm -hmm. everything I have that I'm grateful for, somebody fought for. Mm -hmm. So I understand that somebody was willing to sacrifice for me. Mm -hmm. And they got nothing out of it except what did they get out of it? You know, they they sacrificed their time, their energy, their their limbs, and sometimes their lives Mm -hmm. so I can have what I have. Why? Mm -hmm. Because they wanted to move a free society forward. Right. That's why the majority of people did it. They want to promote it because they want exactly what I've got out of life and so many others, which is the opportunity to acquire wealth and then i get to decide more of where i go in life than a society where i can't acquire that kind of wealth mm-hmm. and the recognition that that's what moves everything along which will not only give me a better life but your kids a better life in the future your you know my, in my case my nieces and nephews a better life in the future you're looking at what advances everything and i know one of the Homeless shelters that I work with that I'm a huge fan of, it's a local one near me. It's not they just don't feed people. The, the entire process is if you want to get out of the situation you get out of, we will provide you mm-hmm. the resources to become independent and productive right. again. Right. To me, they're giving more than food and and shelter, temporary food and shelter, which is fine in many cases, but they're giving people hope. Mm-hmm. And that's what, you know, I had, I had hope and I had people that helped me along my way, not necessarily monetarily or financially, but people that believed in me. Mm -hmm. And, and, you know, and so you pass that on if you want to have a productive society. I view that in my best self interest for the promotion of society for the future generations behind.
0: And that's it. And that's what, you know, if you look at philanthropy, that's what If you're again, that's the incentive is that, you know, I had a hmm, liberal acquaintance years ago. I mean, he was really angry when we were talking one time about philanthropy. But you conservatives only do it for the tax write off. And then someone had to correct him on a couple of things that assumptions that he made about me. We didn't at that point didn't know each other as well as we do now, especially after that conversation. And he didn't. He assumed things about me and about my life and facts about my life that, you know, was was false. And but his mindset was. You wouldn't do it without the tax deduction. Well, I don't get the tax deduction now and I still do it. I I understand that that is an incentive. I'm not saying it's not. But you're driven on the larger level. Volunteering giving of any kind, generosity, even if you're not, if it's not with a nonprofit organization, just within your neighborhood, because you understand that that sets the foundation going forward. I mean, there is something to that whole pay it forward thing, and most people don't have to say it or don't have to be told to pay it forward.
2: Yeah, I never gave one cent in my life because of a tax break.
0: No. No,
2: that was never the motivation ever. No,
0: no, because, you know, when you when you start learning and being in the media, you, you learn very quickly about nonprofit organizations. You work with them, you know, a lot as part of the job. But as you learn that, you understand, my gosh, there's a ton of work that goes into this. Which requires a lot of help from a lot of people who aren't even doing the work. They have to give money. They have to make this financially possible. And so between volunteers and donors, none of this would happen. And to me, that's all a positive.
1: 866-90-RED-EYE. Coming up, more with Gary McNamara and Eric Harley. It's Red Eye Radio.
2: In Trudy Radio, he is Eric Carley, and I'm Gary McNamara. Coming up finally the, following the top of the hour, some of the insane polling numbers uh, that uh, came out uh, this weekend. Mm. I love this one. NBC News frames Senate sex tape video as conservative news outlets pushing the story. Yeah. <laughs> My gosh. Uh-huh. Wow. And the GOP will absolutely push to meet with Hunter Biden's uh, sugar brother. That's what they call who paid his (laughs) millions in taxes. This is the attorney that Kevin Morris.
0: Yeah. Sugar brother. (laughs) I like that. I like that a lot. Yeah. (laughs) Well, um, things are going to get interesting. They're really going to get interesting as as 24 begins on both that whole thing with Hunter James, Joe, and the whole Biden yeah, family. It's get interesting. Sure and then, is. of course, yep. election 24.
1: is red-eye radio
2: all across america and around the world we are red-eye radio he is eric harley and i'm gary mcnamara good morning thank you so much for as always being here a week from uh, christmas a week from uh, today christmas uh, day we're uh, getting all uh, set here lots to talk about here this hour, this one thing, Eric just just drove me crazy uh, over the uh, the weekend. Uh, Lindsey Graham and Meet the Press: Israel will have yeah. to accept a two state solution to normalize ties with Arab countries. What? Lindsey Graham is not stupid. Lindsey Graham knows that number one, Israel does not want a two state solution. Right. Hamas does not want a two-state solution no uh the palestinians don't want a two-state solution nobody wants a two-state solution and so we know democrats will come out and talk about a two-state solution because nobody will question them we will yeah well i mean but the media won't but here comes idiot lindsey graham out there yesterday talking about and i'm sorry this is just and i there are some things that are worth calling the label that the you're an idiot for saying something mm-hmm. like this. Yeah, yeah, that's because an
0: idiotic statement. Because
2: he's not Lindsey Graham's not stupid. He knows exactly what's going on. He know there's he knows there's no such thing as a two state solution. He knows that everybody in this fight, which is really Hamas, yeah, is is uh, Hamas and and Israel neither want a two state solution. No, Hamas wants a one-state solution. That's their goal, which is Hamas. It's in their charter. That they don't. There is no.
0: It's why are we going? Why would anybody in the GOP float that? Right. I this and it's so idiotic. I mean, it's boggling idiotic. what that leads to again. Is this laying down of the GOP and on something uh, where the radicalization is over the top right now? There is no gray area, Senator Graham. None on this. Wipe Hamas out of existence. Um, I guess that's where you put the period at the end of the sentence. Yeah. Yeah. That's it.
2: But you just shake your head. You just saw them like,
0: it, I, I don't know. Seriously. It was it the, did they have a week long Christmas party on Capitol Hill or something?
2: <laughs> what is everybody? Where everybody
0: is just drinking and smoking. Yeah. And we're and not making sex next.
2: and making sex videos yes. <laughs> So, right it's a drinking and so we, when we say smoking no. we don't mean we don't mean uh, cigarettes no because that would be
0: horrible we mean weed <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> well I understand exactly what you're saying yeah. because smoking cigarettes would be oh. absolutely unacceptable and horrible but oh. okay That's better un- not do that, that. Well,
0: yeah. in front of the cops <laughs> hide, hide that Marlboro man. <laughs> cops, it's the cops. But the you know, it really it's, I don't know. Uh, it, it's so it, stupid that it's well, idiotic. But, it, it, but 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 in the same um, you know series of days, uh, you know, uh, of where the you also have someone in the GOP floating. Oh no, we're okay with 3,000 a day coming across the southern border. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's our counter. Which means if the left is is suggesting 5,000 a day and the right suggests 3,000 a day that the GOP will settle for something in the middle like 6,000 a day. <laughs> and and to hear this from Lindsey Graham Two-state solution. I thought maybe they were for the holidays running uh, repeats of the Sunday morning shows. (laughs) From,
2: you know. From 1975. From the 70s. 70s.
0: Yeah, exactly. I'm not wearing bell bottoms again. We're not going back to that. And we're not going back to this insane conversation, Lindsey Graham. You, You already know what radicals are. Are capable of. But let's just talk about the situation between Hamas and Israel before we talk about how it's the radicals you know in the US and that is um, Hamas and their charter. Very clear. And they have plenty of support from nations that are calling for the same thing. Iran wiped Israel off the map that's what they want and Hamas is a terror organization
2: now and the Palestinian if, leadership which is controlled by Hamas which is, a which is Hamas. organization, right?
0: yeah if you were to eradicate Hamas I'm just saying for the sake of the discussion if you let's say they got to a point where they Fully eradicated Hamas. I—that's I, a, I you know, a whole other conversation. How long that might take. But let's just say, for the sake of the conversation, they did. We could talk about it. You know, there. I could imagine. I'm not going to talk about it because I'm not in that negotiating position. But we can certainly imagine that peaceful Palestinians in Gaza and Israel. Could separately coexist. This idea of a two state solution, because here's the thing when you hear it from a lawmaker, especially someone like Lindsey Graham, when you hear it from them, what he's saying, that leads to well, let's have let's start having a, a summit. Let's start moving to that goal. No. Israel needs to eradicate Hamas. And and from there, I can't tell you, I'm not going to read into the future, but I would believe that a uh that, that Palestinians not led by Hamas would have a more peaceful existence in Gaza.
2: Yeah, if it was if it was to happen that way, who knows if it will happen that way, or whether you just defeat it, and whether Israel will occupy it for a significant, you yeah. know, significant period of time, right. Which then will take off, you know, other, uh, other uh, radical governments in the, the the Middle East. But you have no other choice after you went through. What you're trying to do is you're you're doing two things. You want to make sure that you destroy as much infrastructure to make it harder for anybody to come after you from mm-hmm. Gaza. Mm-hmm. Whomever you want to say, whether it's Hamas or Hezbollah decides to come down from Lebanon and and, and uh yeah. occupy you know, who knows yeah. you know, right. who knows where the Islamic radicalism is 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 coming from. Yeah. Uh uh you know, where where it might come from in the future, but they are going to attack Israel. But what you're doing is you're doing two things. You're making it where the punishment for doing what they did is so great that it gives them pause to think about it, and at the same time, you're trying to destroy as much uh, of the infrastructure that they have used in order to attack you as they just as they just did. But then you look at some of the American polling here, the Harvard Harris poll conducted on December 13th and 14th. I'm reading this here from uh, Luther Ray uh, Abel from National Review mm. on the Harvard Harris poll conducted that found 67% of Americans believe the between the ages of 18 and 24 believe that Jews as a class are oppressors. While the question posed isn't worded as well as one would hope for a survey, the question was, do you think that Jews as a class are oppressors and should be treated as oppressors, or is that a false ideology? Should probably be a true-false ideology query instead of the oppressor false ideology construction the other age groups appear to have the moral clarity and reading comprehension to understand what's being asked of them with 18 to 24 gen z being a full 23 points more jew distrustful than their next closest group millennials 25 to 34 one has to wonder how the youngest respondents came to their answers, and they show how they asked the question. Again, it is, do you think the Jews as a class are oppressors and should be treated as oppressors, or is that a false ideology? 67% of those, 18 to 24, said they are oppressors, 33% of false ideology. You go to 25-34, oppressors, 44% false ideology 56% 35 44 36% oppressors 64% false ideology 45 to 54 oppressors 24% uh, false ideology 76% 55 to 64 55, or 15% believe they are oppressors 85% false ideology 65 plus 9 percent believe the Israelis are oppressors. 91 percent believe that is a false ideology. Digging further into the numbers, Gen Z is split 50-50 over whether they support Hamas or Israel. 73 percent believe that Hamas's actions were a terrorist attack. Nonetheless, 60 percent believe that Hamas is killing. And uh, of 1,200 Israeli civilians and kidnapping another 250 civilians can be justified by the grievance of the Palestinians. In Mm. short, our young adults uh, can recognize terrorism. They just can't make up their minds about whether one of the most brutal and oppressive groups walking the face of the earth is out of line when it commits premeditated mass murder and rape throughout Israel's interior. To cap it all and to fulfill Norm MacDonald's greatest fear about rampant Islamophobia following in the wake of terrorist attacks. Two-thirds of the age group think that anti-Semitism is growing in the U.S., but 69% think discrimination against Muslims in the United States is growing. The young man or woman, as we can see in the data shared, thinks something like the following... Hamas, Hamas carried out a legitimate terrorist action against Israel because Palestinians are colonized people for whom action against their oppressor, uh, oppressor is righteous. The American Jew is still oppressed by the white Christian monoculture, but because of his wealth and privilege, he is of lower priority than the Muslim. Oh, my God. Hmm. That's the logic that they have. Yeah. To be young is to be stupid while thinking oneself intelligent. After all, uh, a young man has not uh, yet learned enough to realize that men and women far smarter than himself have already thought of and discarded everything that's bebopped through his brain lobes. Wow. Unfortunately, our youth have two inputs that make it uh, difficult to dislodge from their conceited ignorance. The first is the uh, kedge of Marxist analysis, especially the anti-colonial inputs in our education systems that stress the oppressed oppressor framework. The second is the uh, uh, the curated uh, well, agitation, the agitprop that is TikTok, and the subsequent reloads to Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. This platform allows just enough time in a video to permit a veneer of academic legitimacy while actually allowing a content creator forty-five seconds to run through some copy pasta procured elsewhere and full of many of the horrendous buzzwords and euphemisms that critical theorists traffic in, as when working on a valve when one is upstream of the of it has leaked by, but it's almost impossible to countermand the errors coming from tiktok and company where a young person is exposed to hours of falsehoods every day mm. i love it it's the, yeah. the theory of the the valve yeah past where the problem is <laughs> yeah, yeah it's amazing it's a, but understand it's also the brainwashing that's going on in our schools today
0: well no it, it is a Further, it's the indoctrination that's been going on all of their lives, and longer. But, I mean, if you're talking about this age group, certainly it covers all of their lifespan. And that's how radical it becomes. And it becomes more radical as we go along. They're still young. They got plenty of time to move even further on the radical scale. You know, I mean, I, I just don't know, again, I don't know where it changes. Maybe with the generation behind them. I mean, I don't know. I I really don't. But if we're, if, if you think about university campuses and everything else where there is so much reconsideration now, so much thought being that like, being given to, you know what? I don't know if I want my child going there or the students themselves. You know what? I just want to go somewhere where I can learn
2: and get a degree. Yeah.
0: And then beyond that.
2: That that isn't promoting Nazis.
0: Exactly. And then beyond that, the whole, you know, apply what uh, our friend Mike Rowe has said for years. Well, I just want to learn something I can take out into the world and make money at. And maybe that's not
2: from a university. Eight six six ninety red eye Brought to you by Hotshot Secret.
6: Hi, I'm Jen Loomis, a transport safety expert at J.J. Keller, and I'm here to share a tip on roadside inspections. At a roadside inspection, inspectors may ask to see supporting documents. A supporting document is a document generated or received by a motor carrier in the normal course of business that can be used by law enforcement to verify a driver's logs. These documents can include bills of lading, itineraries, schedules, or equivalent documents that indicate the origin and destination of each trip. They can also include dispatch or trip records, expense receipts related to on-duty-slash-not-driving periods, including receipts for meals, lodging, and fuel, electronic mobile communication transmitted through a fleet management system, and payroll records, settlement sheets, or equivalent documents that indicate payment to a driver. Drivers using paper logs must also keep toll receipts. Supporting documents must contain the driver's name, carrier-assigned identification number or vehicle unit number that can be linked to the driver, the date, the name of the nearest city, town, or village, and the time. This tip was brought to you by J.J. Keller & Associates. Visit us at JJKeller.com.
1: Lines open for your calls, 866 90 Eye on Red Eye Radio.
2: It's from radio. He is Eric Carley and I'm Gary McNamara. Good morning. Uh, this is from uh, justthenews.com. Uh, early admission applications to Harvard plummeted with 70, 17% fewer applications from high school seniors this year than last year as the Ivy League school struggles with anti-Semitism and plagiarism scandals. Ah, uh. Harvard said last week that it accepted 692 students to the class of 2028 under its early action program from a pool of 7,921 applicants, putting its acceptance rate at 8.7%. Meanwhile, in 2022, Harvard accepted 722 early applicants uh, for the class of 2027 from a pool of 9,553. So there's the... 17% 17% fewer applications. All right. Hmm.
0: I'm wonder I'm guessing that trend might continue. Yeah.
1: Walking in a winter wonderland. Gary and Eric on Red Eye Radio.
2: And he is Eric Carley and uh, I'm Gary McNamara. Good morning. Download our Red Eye Radio app today and listen when and where you want. You know, it, eventually there's going to have to be a movement in this country. And, and I don't see it right now, but there needs to be a movement to address the uh, you know, the Democrats always talk about the root causes yeah. of things, but the root cause of anti Semitism that we're seeing today is comes directly from the Democrats' identity politics. Yeah, sure. Yeah. We have to yeah. stop in this country if we do not if we do not teach that you treat everybody as an individual, that you that we stop treating people as a group and stereotyping people in groups that has become mainstream in the Democratic Party. Unless we stop identity politics, we're never going to get rid of the filth of nope. racism in our nope. society. No, we're not. That the Democrats now proudly promote, except when it gets a little bit too hot with anti-Semitism, and then mm. still... Many of them proudly promote it. Not all. But many do. But identity politics in general. You and I have asked the question. When was the last time you had one. Democratic politician. Whether they're viewed as radical left. Moderate. Or wherever. Come out against absolute bigotry and racism towards conservative blacks. When was the last time any Democrat stood up and said, look, if you want to attack somebody, attack them that they are wrong as an individual thinking some way. But to judge all people that are black and conservative as being not of their own race is just bigoted and racist beyond all means, and that needs to stop. Do you know of one Democrat no, that stood no. up?
0: I was about to say, I don't know. I don't know one. Not
2: one. I mean, and I, and I'll even start with Bill Maher now, who's going crazy over what's going on. You know, with this unbelievable anti-Semitism. You said nothing, Bill. Well, in in fact, about conservative blacks when that first started thirty years ago, a little over thirty years, right. Ago. That and the fact that you, act like other liberals,
0: you were saying, well, calling Trump Hitler, and, and this is very clear. Wow, the other guys we called Hitler, but this guy really is Hitler. We broke down what it means to, to spread such fear and political rhetoric. Because what are you saying? What you want people to believe is that Trump would rise to genocide. Think about that, right? That he is capable of what Hitler did. When you say those things,
2: and who and, are the, and, 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 yeah. and, and who are it, the only people promoting genocide right now? The left. Yep.
0: So. Again, I don't give Bill Maher any excuses here. Uh, not only did he help build this to where it was going to come, the inevitable. And I, I don't know where it goes after this, but I, I don't know that the radical left changes much. Uh, they're not going to all of a sudden wake up, you know, and and say, well, I guess, you know what, that was wrong. I shouldn't have done that. No. These, especially these young radicals, their indoctrination has been going on since the beginning. And I don't know how to reverse that kind of radical thought. I don't. But a society does not accept it as a whole. And that's the, you know, I don't know where it changed. I'm with you. Something has to turn around. I don't know where that is, but something has to turn around. But as long as you have people, Anybody of any influence. You want to spread the fear over and over again, and you do it politically because you want to demonstrate your hatred for, in that case, one guy. Oh, this guy really is Hitler. Stop and think about what you're saying. Words have meaning. I don't claim to know the meaning of all words. But we could break that one down. That that entire theme we broke down very clearly. You're saying this person is capable, or at very at the very least, would call for the genocide of an entire people. And I, that yeah. is dangerous.
2: I haven't read one editorial from a conservative that has articulated what we have that where this all comes from, which is the identity politics, which right. is mainstream within the Democrats. I have not seen an analysis on it, right. and I read most of the conservative publications out there. Yeah, I just haven't seen it. I, I haven't so, seen it, and it's so obvious. It's so obvious that that's what's going on. It's easy to sit there and say all Jews, isn't it? Oh yeah. Well, because it was all. It was very easy for you to say all whites. It was very right. easy for the left to say uh, that uh, uh, conservative blacks. That and that's sort of the the opposite. All blacks must think alike because all whites think alike and all whites are racist. Right. And so you set people into you set people into tribes based on their skin color and based on lies. Yeah. Yeah. It's like we said what was the other what was the any what was the reason when Biden and the Democrats all lied about the Georgia election law calling it Jim Crow uh, Jim Crow 2.0, mm-hmm. Jim Crow on steroids. What was the purpose of that?
0: To create fear.
2: The law hasn't really changed, and now they're bringing baseball back and nobody cares. Right. Nobody's up in arms about it. Why? Why did they do it? It was a lie. Because they wish to separate people based on their physical characteristics. Through fear. Through fear by lying. Yep. That's as we said before. When Biden was doing it, we said he's no better, no better at that point with that behavior than any KKK leader or any white supremacist leader out there because they lie, they stereotype, and they lie in order to create racial hatred. We've been down this road before. This isn't oh, new. Yeah, yeah, well, to the
0: point of voter ID remember when that was the yeah. fire yep to evolving the level of uh uh Senator Warnock in Georgia I don't need a Democrat I don't even know any Democrats who are against voter ID
2: let's just ignore that we ever exactly called it racist erase 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 yep and now you're by the way you're seeing it come back again yeah, have have right. you have you yeah, seen yeah. the have you seen <laughs> the uh the uh oh what do you call it the mm. uh, uh American Civil Liberties Union fundraising commercials? Mm. You haven't seen them? No. I haven't okay, that, seen I was, them. A, I heard about them yeah, but I, was, I haven't I was, actually yeah, exactly. seen them yet. Oh yeah, I, I see it yeah. constantly. Yeah. Absolute lies. Yeah. Absolute lies in their in their
0: uh Well, no, I mean that you their, have you have to in order right. to get your agenda done, the left has yeah. to.
2: On voting, absolute absolute lies on voting. Right. Absolute lies in order to raise money.
0: Right. Well, no, you've got to instill fear in people. You know, think about the whole Georgia law thing. They wanted people to believe you could be in line for hours and nobody can give you water. It'll be against the law to drink water, even if you bring your own. Now, they didn't say that, but they wanted you to believe. That you couldn't, that nobody was going to be able to give you water. Well, the fact of the matter is, is it's, it was acknowledging the very spirit of voting and election polls. And that was, sorry, we can't have that kind of influence. What we can do is say, all right, here, here's where, you know, the weather uh, it, or, or for whatever reason, people are going to be in line for a while. Here, this can be in place.
2: Yeah, you can, but not this, right? You can you can you can bring the water before you can set the water down. People can have it, no right. problem, right, whatsoever. But we don't want you communicating. People are going to die standing
0: right. in line. That's right. what the left wanted you to believe. I mean, exactly. that's that was the spirit of their their whole attack on this. But
2: and and I didn't know of an epidemic of people dying in line from. No. starvation and thirst now, from
0: voting. I've been in line at at a store sometimes, and I, I felt like, oh, my gosh, this is the end because I stood there for a long time. But I haven't heard of any stories of people dying while standing in line as a result of any law that was in place. May have been a few people that, you know, there was a medical emergency Along the way, I'm sure that's happened. But they wanted you to believe that people are going to be dying because of this. This is Jim Crow
2: 2.0. Yeah. They lie We're
0: moving the All-Star Game. Major League Baseball moved the All-Star Game to a much wider location, by the way. And all of the black-owned businesses there in Georgia suffered as a result of it. Did not see the benefit of that event being in their neighborhood and people being in their business as a result of that event.
2: And that all came because Democrats believe that they can market a lie to enrage racial tensions and they can succeed at it. Right. And that's why it's done. Right. And that's why it's up to the American people to say, look, it's time to reject this. We're in 2023, 2024 is around the corner. We need to follow what Martin Luther King said. We need to judge a person individually. You judge a person on their own merits. Yep. You judge them on their character. And if you go beyond that, that's evil. Because it is evil. Well, no, that's it. I mean, it's,
0: it's what we have fought to defeat in this nation, but the left is fighting to keep it alive.
2: Yeah, absolutely they are. And it's important for... Conservatives to bring that point up and bring up that, as we have stated before, where we believe the modern identity politics uh, effort started inside the Democratic Party, and that was to attack conservative blacks.
0: And by the way, there are older, I don't know if you what you call them, but the older Democrats know this.
2: They know it, yeah.
0: Tim Ryan, when he was running against uh, Nancy Pelosi for Speaker. He knew it. He knew it then. Now, he's since gone back to, you know, being in line with what the party's doing. But uh, Rahm Emanuel, remember Rahm Emanuel? I forget the statement that he made about it and, and where he made it, but he was talking about it. There were there were Democrats. I don't know if you want to call them established, establishment Democrats. They know this. It has to be stopped. That behavior has to change for anything else to move forward in a big way. That has to, I don't know if you're, if you're a rank and file Democrat, I don't know. Looking at that, if you acknowledge that, if you already know that is the problem with your party that you support, then I don't know in your mind what you think might fix that, what might change that. Because. Politically, there's no discussion on issues ever. It is all about if we attack, 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 attack. And it's all based on race, then
2: and where does the party well,
0: go? Where's what's well, what what is the future of the party if it doesn't continue down this road?
2: We had Castro in, in Yep, I believe it was San Antonio the other day yep. saying yep. that if the Democrats even negotiate anything on the border. It's right-wing racism. Racism
0: that's going to win, yeah.
2: Exactly. Right. So they're saying if we say we don't want an open border, you're a racist. Now, it's not going to sell with the American people. No. But it's the only thing that they have, so they try to sell it over and over again. Their
0: playbook isn't changing.
2: 866-90-RED-EYE.
1: Get in touch with Red Eye Radio, toll-free at 866-90-RED-EYE.
2: It's Red Eye Radio. He's Eric curling and I'm Gary McNamara. See, this beautiful Christmas music comes on, and all I can think of is, let's get out of here and come back on January 3rd. <laughs> uh, goodwill and peace toward some people.
0: Oh, man, I'm going to pay for that.
2: Oh, no, I like that, though. That's good, though. No, no, because no, that's a Babylon B headline, yeah. if they were talking about new Christmas well, songs. I, yeah. That would be a great parody. Right. Peace on earth and goodwill uh, towards. towards towards some. Towards a few. Towards a few. Yeah. Right. You can't say men. No, I didn't want it because I knew no, I couldn't no, say that. No, you can't say men. It's,
0: yeah. <laughs> 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 no, I, unless you're talking women's sports. Then you so, can.
2: Yeah, exactly. Yes, there, exactly. There yes. you
0: can. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, listen, from most of the people in my family to a select few of the members of your family, Merry Christmas.
1: (laughs) (laughs) This is Red Eye Radio on Westwood One.
4: Every story eventually comes to an end. This June, hear the final episode of Season 2 of the hit podcast series, In the Red Clay, Durham. In the Red Clay tells the unbelievable true story of Billy Sunday Burt, the most dangerous man in Georgia history. In the podcast that people are calling riveting, incredibly moving, captivating, and addicting. Binge Seasons 1 and 2 of In the Red Clay now, wherever you listen.